And you say all the time. I say God all the time. God is good. Let's try that again. God is good all the time. Another traditional saying that we have on this Easter Sunday as Christ's followers, and it's going to be on the screen. You can help me with this. Somebody will greet you and say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Some of you know it. Let's try that again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. It is Easter Sunday, and we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior today. What an incredible day it's been already. Would you just say amen? I'm so glad that you are here today. I thank all the men and women who helped to put on the breakfast this morning. Uh, some of those men that helped cook had to go home and get the sausage off, is what I'm told, and they came back and new getup. But if you came and enjoyed the breakfast, would you just give them another hand clap this morning? I want to thank Michelle and our worship teams, our teens and our other worship teams as they collaborated together for our great time of worship through song and prayer this morning. Uh, if you appreciated our worship time this morning, would you just give our praise team a hand this morning? God is so faithful. I want to thank my staff and all the volunteers this week that have made this week so special, that make it's so meaningful to worship together here at PCN. Pastor Alicia has been working with our kids along with uh, the help of a great videographer, Clay Cook, as they put together a video. We asked the kids some questions about Easter, and I want you to watch their responses. This is a very, uh, very good way for us to be reminded of some really interesting things from a kid's perspective. It's going to be funny, but I also believe that when we do this, our kids can give us a message. Amen? And so I want you to watch this. I want to thank Pastor Alicia and Clay and all the other volunteers that helped put this together. Children, look for your clip. Let's watch this together this morning. How do you celebrate Easter at your house? Hmm. We get our family and we have like the this cake and it has all these easter eggs on it so like our whole family um we just like celebrate and celebrate jesus um my mom and dad usually make a good dinner and we they hide easter eggs for me and freddie usually an easter egg hunt except my mom hates the plastic eggs so she makes my grandma do it i hide the easter eggs outside for and we're gonna take, and we take turns to find them. We don't celebrate in our house. We celebrate in somewhere else at our papa's. We um, do Easter egg hunts, and we do a lot of Easter things like color eggs because we do have chickens. So um, we have an Easter egg hunt. We eat a huge lunch. We um, we do a lot of things on Easter. Oh <laughs> uh, well, uh, we we usually do the normal Easter egg hunt. Uh, maybe we maybe we'll like have a feast. We usually go to my nana or Grammy's house sometimes, and we had and they hide the eggs. And if you, whoever finds the four or five golden eggs. If you find them, there's little stories inside of them sometimes, and there's also a piece of money that goes with them. So we sell, 
And there's all, but there's also candy with it too. And but whoever gets the most golden eggs wins and gets to tell the story. What is a cross? It has two lines. This it looks like this. A cross is a it looks like a T. Uh, it's a symbolism that we are saved, that Jesus died on the cross to save us all. What was a cross used for? For Jesus. For our sins. To kill Jesus. For hanging a person who is not doing wrong, who's doing wrong things. Um, killing people and who Jesus is. For crucifying. Um, it is a tree, but it's what, um, it's a symbol of God and what they use. Why is it important to know Jesus? So you can go to heaven? Because he died on the cross for us. Um, so you can go to heaven when you die. Because he loved us. So then we can go to heaven and be saved? Be, so we can so we can believe in the one that has saved us and be saved. Who is Jesus? He's my savior. He's a man that died for us. And he has tons of blood because he lost a lot. God. The son of God. He is the son of God. God's son. Jesus is um, the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I guess he's Jesus because he is Jesus. What did Jesus teach about? Um, to love our enemies and to, and to be kind. He taught people about God. About love. Jesus taught us to stay away from the mean people. Um, the gospel and how that everybody's sinners. Love. What? Love and respect and stuff. He taught them to love and to care for others and to go and be disciples. Do you think the Easter Bunny and Jesus are friends? No. Because Jesus probably is like no sugar. Uh, <laughs> well... I don't know, but I'm gonna go with yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yes, I think they're talking right now. Yes. 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 No. <laughs> of course. In the East of Worm, you forgot about him. Yes. I think they are. I think so. Maybe. Um, God is a friend to everyone, so yes, probably. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Uh, I think so. Nope. On a rope. <laughs> Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Say Happy Easter. Happy Easter.
So yeah, that's what Easter's all about. Let's pray and we can go eat. Amen. Thank you, children, for your uh, incredible slant on what Easter is. Uh, it's fun to see what our kids have to say. It's fun to see what they're learning. It's fun to, to hear the different impressions that they pick up on. We have to be careful at times, don't we, of what our children are hearing and seeing. Uh, we have to be careful, even as moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, you never know what might make it on the video at church. So just be careful, yes. We're celebrating Easter Sunday today, but what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for us? Why is this Sunday so special? Why is it so important? Well, I'm glad you asked those questions. I want to share with you this morning why this Sunday is so special. For us to know and understand why this Sunday is so special, we need to look back. We need to go back and we need to, we need to have a time to look back and recap on the, man, on the life of one man, Jesus Christ. So I want to share a little bit of a recap of this man's life. If you've never met Jesus, if you don't know anything about Jesus, hopefully this will give you a little snapshot of Jesus' life. We, let's recap real quick. The first place that Jesus enters the scene that we know it is at Christmas time. So we see Christmas and Jesus was born. We're celebrating Jesus' birth at Christmas. We believe that Jesus was and is who the Bible says he is. This means he was God's only son. He was at creation with God and with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus becomes God in the flesh as he is born as a virgin to come and to live on this earth. We know a little bit about Jesus' early life. He lived with his earthly mother and father, Mary and Joseph. And one story we hear about his childhood is as a time when, when his family was going back to Jerusalem where they were going for this Passover celebration. And Jesus, believe it or not, gets lost. Have any of you ever been lost before? Nobody. Okay, well, Jesus got lost, okay? And I don't know if he got lost as so much that his parents just lost track of him. I don't know any parent that would admit to losing track of their kids. Uh, but I, so I won't ask you to raise your hand. But in this story in Scripture, we find that Jesus is misplaced. He is not to be found. And as Mary and Joseph and the family start to go back home, they realize Jesus is not with them. And so they go back to Jerusalem. They search the city and they find him in the temple. Now, kids, I want you to hear something very carefully. If you ever get lost, find the closest church. Jesus did it, so you should do it too, okay? Is that good enough advice? Okay. Yeah, Jesus is in the temple, and Mary and Joseph find him, and they are glad that they found him, but they're a little frustrated. And they say to Jesus, do you know how worried we've been about you? And Jesus has the greatest line that I think we probably don't really understand. He says, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? I'd be about my father's business. People didn't know what he meant, but he was referring to his heavenly father, to, to our heavenly father, God. As we fast forward a little bit in Jesus' life, we fast forward about 30 years, so the, so the experts tell us, and we come to another celebration, and Jesus is a part of it, and we go to the little village of Cana. 
And Cana is where we find Jesus in this moment. And it's a wedding festival. And they are celebrating this wedding. And, and Mary is there with her son, Jesus. And Jesus has not had any disciples. He's not done any teaching that we know of at this point. And the wedding, it's very important at a wedding. If anybody's getting ready to be married, you need to know this. You need to make sure every detail is figured out beforehand. Amen? I won't mention any names, but pay attention to that. Every detail is mentioned, except in this wedding, they forgot a very important detail, and they ran out of refreshments. So Mary says, you know what? I know that my son, he's kind of, he's kind of a big deal, and I know he can take care of this. Just do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Jesus says to his mom, hey, Mary, my time has not yet come. And I can just see that Mary gives her son the look, the mom look. Come on, son. You can take care of this. Any kids ever get that look from mom? You know better. Yeah, yeah. Come on, we got to be obedient to our moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. So Jesus performs his first miracle, and he turns the water into wine. And this is late in the wedding fest festival, and the, the water that he turns into wine, the, the host family takes a drink of that, and they said, where has this best wine been kept for so long? Jesus performed his first miracle. We move a little bit forward in his life, and we see his ministry begin. And Jesus begins his ministry by going down to the Jordan River where his cousin John the Baptist is down at the river baptizing people in water. He's baptizing them because they are believing that there is a coming Messiah and they're being forgiven of their sins and they want to show the world what God is doing in their life and they're being baptized by water. And Jesus goes down to the river and he's baptized by John the Baptist. What a cool name. Don't we? We have some really cool names. John the Baptist. So I can only guess he was a Baptist. <laughs> Baptized Jesus the Nazarene. So Jesus must have been a Nazarene. It's in the Bible. I mean, that's just the way he, their name, right? Am I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe. So he's baptized by John the Baptist. And then he, as he comes out of the water, as Jesus comes out of the water... Heavens open up, the Bible tells us. A dove descends on Jesus, and a loud voice from heaven, which is God the Father, says, This is my Son. Listen to what He says. Wow. Wow. So then Jesus comes out of the water. He goes down to the seashore, and He starts looking for certain people. And we see Jesus, in His early ministry, begin to choose His disciples or his followers. A disciple is a follower of someone or something. Did you know that we are all disciples? We are all making a choice to follow someone or something. Jesus goes down to the, the local area where everybody gathers in the day, and he begins to pick out these key people that will help him, that will follow him. And he begins selecting his people to 
Be his disciples. These people, as we read in Scripture, they leave everything and they follow Jesus. And we know as the time continues to to pass that these, these 12 men that Jesus chose followed Jesus and went with Jesus everywhere he went. For three and a half years approximately, they were with him day in and day out. We see so much packed into the scriptures about Jesus' life, his ministry. And we see this, we can find this in the books of the Bible that are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't have a Bible or if you've never heard of what the Bible is and, and maybe you don't even have one and you would like to know more about this Jesus, come see me after the service. I would love to give you a Bible. And I would point you to these four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so you can learn about Jesus. So you can begin to know this man in a more personal way. He lives his life leading these followers every day, teaching them and showing them what it means to live a life that God has called them to. You see, Jesus is living a life in front of them and he's showing them what God's design is for all of us. For all of us. Jesus only did and obeyed what the Father told him to do. In, this, in living this way, Jesus lived a perfect life here on earth. He fulfilled everything that the scriptures that came before him said would happen. Jesus completed everything that the Old Testament part of Scripture said needed to happen for this one man, the Messiah, to come. Jesus completed it and fulfilled it all. Jesus did many things. He performed many miracles. He taught many lessons to the people that were following him and were around him. You see, Jesus healed people from their physical needs. We read stories in these scriptures of Jesus walking into a town, and usually the people that needed physical healing were outcasts, and they were put on the edge of town. And Jesus had to walk past them to get where he was going. And the Bible over and over shows us and tells us that Jesus would stop and he would meet physical needs. He would heal people of their diseases And we see that over and over and over. Jesus cared about their physical needs. But then Jesus would also heal and help people with their spiritual needs. We see Jesus get in trouble for this. As he heals somebody on the Sabbath, on the day of worship, and he tells them, your sins are forgiven. Now go and sin no more. You see, Jesus knew what his purpose was. Jesus knew what he was put on this earth to do. But the people of God, the Israelites, the Jewish peoples, they were waiting for a Messiah. Messiah is the word that literally means a savior. They were waiting for somebody to save them. But what were they waiting to be saved from? We see this throughout Scripture over and over. And if you read uh, much of the Old Testament into the New Testament, we see a lot of political turmoil in Scripture. There is no way in our world that we can relate to that. Amen? You see, these Jewish people were waiting for a political ruler, a Messiah, to come and to change what they were used to. They were waiting for a Messiah to come and to be the political Savior so their needs could be met. 
They were looking for a king from the line of David, David, as Scripture tells us. They were looking for someone to overrule the current authority over them. The people were looking for these things even as the week of Passover begins. And it was getting ready to begin again. And this was the celebration of the thanksgiving from the Old Testament of the Jewish people being led out of Egypt, out of slavery. When the Passover passed over them and, and they were led out of slavery. And this week, Holy Week, Passover week, if you will, this week that we've just come through is a week that they still celebrate today. Holy Week. We call it Holy Week. We see some of the final things happen in Jesus' life. Holy Week. Last week we celebrated Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday was a parade where Jesus comes into the, comes into the city of Jerusalem riding on a donkey. As the people lay down their branches and their coats and he rides in on a donkey and they start singing Hosanna, which means save us now. You see, they were waiting for a king to come, a, a, a political uprising. They were waiting for a new authority. And last Sunday, we celebrate this great day as Jesus rides in to Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfilling promise and prophecy. Wednesday of this week, most likely, Judas is in the city. He's in with the religious leaders, and he agrees to betray Jesus. He agrees to turn Jesus over to the authority because they've been waiting for a time to catch him, waiting for a time to persecute him, to try him. Thursday of this week, we read about the Last Supper of Jesus as he takes his disciples to eat the Passover meal. And during this Last Supper, we read very clearly that all 12 disciples are in the upper room with them for this last meal. And Judas is there. Judas comes into the meal, sits down at the table with all of the other disciples as they are going about their normal activities. The food comes, they begin to eat together and fellowship together, break bread together, literally have communion with Jesus one last time. And Jesus feeds his betrayer. Hmm, that's quite a guy who knows this man has betrayed him, who knows he's going to turn him over to the authorities for something he has not done, and yet he still meets a physical need for Judas. We see in this Last Supper also that it was during this time that Jesus continues to share a special moment with these close friends, and he serves them by washing their feet Reminding them that he did not come to be served, but to serve others. And as the night is ending, they leave and Jesus goes into the garden to pray to God. Because he knows what's coming. He prays for hours. Jesus prays and agonizes over what is going to happen. He continues to surrender his life into the hands and the purpose of God. He knows this is why he was born. He knows this was his purpose. Every year, personally, I, I tend to take some time during this week to watch a very special movie to me, and that's The Passion of the Christ. And to see the, 
the journey that our Savior goes through, to see what he went through. And one of the things in that movie that he says in this moment, he says, this is the reason I was born. Wow. You see, Jesus knew what was coming. And at the end of this night, as he's praying in the garden, Judas has been sent away to do what he's told to do. And Judas comes back with the officials and kisses Jesus on the cheek to betray his Messiah. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was arrested, his disciples scattered. They fled the area. They left Jesus. After three and a half years of being with him at all times, he's arrested and they flee. Jesus goes into Friday and the trial begins. A sentence is given. The people cry out, crucify him. Crucify him. You see, the religious leaders, they, they didn't like what was going on and they didn't want him around anymore. They sentence him to death and Jesus dies on a cross. He's buried in a tomb. The stone is rolled over the entrance. And then Saturday comes. Saturday was silent. How many of you got to spend yesterday in complete and total silence? Anybody? Not one person. Saturday was silent. Saturday was, nothing was going on. The disciples, I can only imagine, were thinking, what just happened? Three and a half years with this man. And we watch him get beaten. We watch him get persecuted. We watch him get disrespected. We watch him go to a cross for a crime he didn't do. What just happened? I can imagine that these guys are a little bit scared. A little bit nervous. What just happened? Jesus said he was going to die. He said he was going to be the sacrifice for everyone's sin. Jesus didn't do any wrong. He was perfect. He had never committed sin. He had never done wrong. But he paid the price for all sin on that cross that day. See, the Bible tells us that there's a cost to live for ourselves and to do what is not God's plan you see, when we miss the mark of God's plan, when we don't live up to that standard, that's literally the term or the phrase, the definition of what we call sin. Sin is missing the mark. And the Bible tells us that when we miss the mark, there has to be a sacrifice to help pay for that sin. The Bible tells us that when we miss the mark, what we earn, it says the wages of sin, the wages that what we earn for missing the mark is death. There must be a perfect death. In other words, what we earn for living selfish and sinful lives is we earn and deserve to die on a cross for those sins. We earned and deserve to be separated from Jesus Christ and God the Father. But that was not God's plan. 
That was not his design. The Bible also tells us that the only payment for that cost is a perfect sacrifice. A sacrifice with no blemish. A sacrifice that can pay the price for our sins. So, if you're here, the Bible tells us, here's the good news today. We've all missed the mark. None of us is exempt. We're all in the same boat. We're all living in the same reality that we've all missed the mark. The good news is, (laughs) I can't pay your bill for you. You can't pay my bill for me. The church can't pay your bill for you. Your family can't pay the bill for you. Only one man can pay the bill for you. And that's Jesus. Only one man is qualified. Only one man has enough resources. Only one man has lived the life worthy to pay your bill. That's good news today, folks. Jesus came to pay that bill in full. And he paid the price of your sins and my sins on that cross. And here's the really good news. It's better than any government stimulus check. Amen? You don't have to pay it back. You don't have to reimburse him. You don't have to set up a payment plan. It's not how it works. Jesus paid the price in full for you and for me. Even though this was his plan from the beginning, people did not like how he was doing it. They didn't like how Jesus was living his life and what he was doing along the way. The religious people were scared that what they were doing was going to be compromised because they just didn't understand. Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah, but they wanted a king, a Messiah that was political or authoritative towards the government and rule of the world. But Jesus came to be the Messiah, the Savior for our sins, not for our culture. When things are said and done that are counter to what the culture or the world tells us or says how things are going, people get upset. It happens still today. When things aren't going the way we think it should go, we get upset. People were looking for a Savior. Jesus pushed against the norms of culture. But he didn't do it to save the culture. He did it to save the people from the ultimate death penalty. So, what does that mean for us today? Jesus did all of this for you and for me. For everyone. Jesus did this even if you were the only one on earth that had missed the mark. God would have sent his son Jesus to this earth to do the same thing. Just for you. Thankfully, we're all in this together. Jesus taught and did things that seemed odd. People didn't like Jesus. People, he, they didn't like that he would say things and that he would actually follow through. Can you believe that? You see, he would say and do things that he said he was going to do. He would obey what the Father in heaven wanted him to do, and people just didn't get it. People didn't like his teaching because He would take what they knew about the law and he'd turn it around because he was coming to change the way people lived. And he thought, because when we live like Jesus, our lives should be changed forever. 
for the better. (laughs) What's really cool and interesting, I think, is that this way of living still makes people mad today. If you live for Jesus today, if you choose to follow him and become one of his disciples, our culture says things about you. It's if you choose to follow Jesus Christ today and you live to his standard or you try to allow him to transform your life, guess what? As a Christian, you're a hater. As a Christian, you're a racist. As a Christian, you hate and you judge and you're you're judgmental towards everything around you. Why? Because you're living like Jesus. We didn't like him and we don't like you. Wow. (laughs) Things just haven't changed much, have they? So this brings me to a critical moment today. We're here in church on Easter Sunday because we must have some sort of draw to this place or to this person called Jesus. One pastor and church consultant said these words, and I thought this is just so critical for us today. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. Tim Keller was the pastor, church consultant that wrote those words. So true for us today, but so true is God's word for us today as well. Mark's gospel, chapter 16, if you have your Bibles or you want to look it up on your phone or your tablet or however you get the scriptures, there should be a Bible in front of you. It'll be on the screen for you as well. Mark 16, Mark tells us these words. He says, Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But this angel said to them, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The women fled the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Then they briefly reported all of this to Peter and his companions. Afterward, Jesus himself sent them out from east to west with the sacred and unfailing message of salvation that gives eternal life. Amen. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you today, but that is the glorious good news today. He is not here. 
He is risen from the dead. Can we just give him a hand clap? He's risen from the dead. He did what he said he was going to do. He did what he said he was going to do. Jesus came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He went to a cross for you and for me. He died and breathed his last. They put him in a tomb. And he said, for all of these years, I'm going to raise back to life in three days. I'm coming back. (sighs) Nobody's ever done that before. I'm going to follow you because you keep healing people. You keep meeting their needs. You keep doing things you say you're going to do. But man, this just seems weird. You say you're going to do it. Friday, I watched them hang you on a tree. I watched you breathe your last. I watched as they laid you in the tomb. And Saturday, I just didn't know. And as Tim Keller encourages us, it doesn't matter where, whether you agree or disagree on the Sermon on the Mount or whatever other teaching in Scripture that you want to argue about. If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to believe all that he said. If he didn't, then you don't have to believe anything that he said. Everything hinges on Sunday. Everything comes down to this. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Today is the day. Today is Resurrection Sunday. And the truth of today is this. The truth of today is this. The cross, folks, is empty. There's nobody else on the cross today. There's nobody paying your price and your bill today on the cross. The cross is empty. But here's the really good news. The tomb is empty too. There's nobody in there. He was here, but he's risen from the dead. He is not here. Here's the really cool part. I love this. I love this. Because here on earth, we we just don't understand because we we just haven't gone through this. So we plan, we plan our lives and we live our lives and we get to that point at the end of our lives where we start to plan our, our death and our funeral. And we, we, we buy pieces of ground or we have pieces of ground where we plan to put our body in. When they put your body in the ground, guess what? Nobody else can use that same plot. Guess what? Jesus' plot is open. Anybody want it? He's not there. They buried him, but he's gone. He's alive. Whew! That's the good news of the gospel today. The cross is empty, but so is the tomb. And if the tomb is empty, then everything he said is true. Jesus is raised to life again. You can't go to his graveside and put flowers down on Memorial Day. You can't go to his tomb and see the dates inscripted on his headstone. It's just not there. Why? Because he's alive and well. Friday came and went, but it's Sunday, and Jesus lives forevermore. Hallelujah! 
Woo! He is alive. Praise the Lord. This is what our faith in Jesus is all about. Resurrection Sunday, Easter, the day our faith became real and Jesus did what he said he was going to do. So we, like the disciples of Jesus, we have watched a lot of things happen. We've read and we watch all that I've shared with us today about Jesus' life. We then are faced with a decision, do we really believe this stuff? We may choose to pray and accept this gift of salvation from our sins, but we don't know what's next. (laughs) So we watch some more. We go to church because that's what we're told is the right thing to do. We go to church and we watch at church. We watch ministry being done. We watch our kids. We watch our teens. We watch adults. We watch Sunday school. We watch and we watch and we watch. We watch the pastor and the leaders do the work of the church. We watch and we wait and we see if something new is going to happen. Well, today's another reminder. As the angel said to the woman at the tomb, it's time to make a decision. Are we going to believe and ask God to forgive us of our sins because of what Jesus went through for us? Today we can do that then we have to realize that just as those women did that day, it's time for action. It's time to stop watching. It's time to go and to tell the others what Jesus did for you and to tell others what he can do for them too. It's time to stop watching. Today is that day. So here's a question. Will you decide today to stop watching and to go and to tell others? Would you stand with me this morning? We're about done. Today is the day. Today is the day that everything hinges on. Today is the day that matters. And maybe you're here today. And you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. You've heard the stories. You've you've watched as he's done things in your life over and over and over. But today, you need to decide to stop watching. You need to stop watching what he's doing. And you need to go and tell someone about Jesus. The good news is he will help you. He will walk with you. You are never alone. If you're going to help us sing this last song, would you start making your way up? Maybe you're here today and you've heard this story before. Maybe you've even accepted God's forgiveness in your life through Jesus' sacrifice. But you've not been walking with him. In fact, you've probably, if you're honest with yourself, with God today, you've probably turned away from that relationship and you've started living for yourself more and more. But maybe today you realize what Jesus said he was going to do, he did. This is real. This is life-changing, and I want that back. Today's the day. You can decide today to stop living the way you want and to start living for God again. 
I'm going to ask you as they start to play this final song, if that's you today, I'm going to ask you if you would do me a huge favor, not just for me, but would you do yourself a favor? If you've been walking with God at some point in your life, but you've kind of stopped and you really just want that back, I'm not going to ask you to come and to kneel and we're just going to pray over you and make you feel uncomfortable. I want you to know you're not in this alone. And if you want that relationship back that maybe you had once and you felt so close to him, but it's kind of it's drifted and now you're tired of watching and you want that back, would you just come and stand up front here with me? I want to pray with you and for you if, if that's you today. Maybe you don't want to come by yourself. Would you just grab your neighbor and say, you know what, I need him to go, I need to go up there and I need to get back right with God. Will you go with me? Maybe you've heard the story before and you've been watching all this time. You've been watching your friends around you. You haven't ever made a commitment to Jesus because you just haven't felt like the time was right. Maybe you just didn't want to give it to him yet. But now it's time to get serious. To stop watching and to put your faith and trust in Jesus the rest of your life. If that's you, maybe you need to come forward. Just come forward and stand here. You're not alone in this. Today is the day to stop watching. Today's the day to stop comparing to those around you, to leave your past in the past, to let God forgive you and to pay the price for your sins. He will help you. He will walk with you. You don't have to come alone this morning. I want to encourage you. If, if you, I don't want to, Terry much longer, but if you really want to make that decision, I want you, maybe you need to look across the room and point somebody out and say, hey, I need you to come with me. Would you just come and pray? I want to pray with you. I want to help you. I want to take the next step with you, whatever that may be. See, this, this life living for Jesus isn't about just having all the right rules followed and, and checking all the boxes. It's about walking together on this journey of faith. Some have come and they're praying. Maybe you need to come. Father God, we thank you for your perfect plan. I thank you, God, that Jesus knew what his purpose was. And as he came to this earth, as he was tempted by the enemy, as he lived a life that never missed the mark. He paid the price for my sins, for our sins. And for that today, we can be thankful. God, I pray if there's anybody here today that wants to stop watching today and to really get involved, to start following you, to go and tell somebody, would you help us all, Lord, to put our arm around somebody and to say, you know what? Jesus loves you and so do I. I'll walk with you. I'll take the next step with you. I'll help you. Because we're in this together. If Jesus came and did all that he did and said all that he said, and if it's all true because he was raised to new life, then we have a responsibility today to go and to tell the others that Jesus is alive, that Jesus paid the price so we don't have to. 
Thank you, God, for that truth today. Lord, I pray if anybody's wanted to make that commitment, that you would give them the courage today and the ability to go and to tell somebody. Would you help us all, Lord, to take that next step with you, whatever that may be. We love you today, and we give you praise and thanks for who you are, and we celebrate the good news that we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Amen and amen.